0: This is On the Block with Strick and Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland.
1: Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight
0: perfect champion. 93.7 The Ticket veteran and Bill Callahan Fan Club President,
1: Jake Bakoven I love Billy.
0: Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Strick and Bob.
1: Congratulations to everybody out there. You've made it once again to Friday. The weekend is upon us. And in uh, this time of year, that means uh, high school football players coming into town for Friday Night Lights uh, for Nebraska. Football. They've got plenty of uh, local talent and, and, and some from outside the local area coming in tonight. So very exciting time for Nebraska football. Uh, I'm Jake Bachman. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, Eric Strickland. And Strick, I wanted to, to start with that and kind of go through your own experiences through these camps. Of course, satellite camps and that type of uh, thing was a very big deal with uh, Jim Harbaugh and uh, that crew maybe uh, five years ago or so. Um, was there was it the same type of idea when, when you were young, the, these type of camps?
0: Um, they weren't. Uh, I think the greatest exposure, because obviously we didn't have AAU basketball. Um, we did have it, but it was it was very limited in the scope. I mean, there were certain national tournaments that were available. You would pretty much go there. Um, maybe we just didn't have the budget at the time. Um, you know, the sponsorships that was needed in order to play more of those types of tournaments. So in essence, we would just. Kind of go to the Vegas one. That was the oh, yeah. biggest one that would give us the exposure to um, you know pretty much every college in in, in the United States. So, uh, if you wanted to get exposure, I mean it was costly. You had to uh, look at five star camps. I think they had back then. There were some other national camps, and if you're if you were ranked high enough, I, which I was able to attend, you would go to a uh, Nike uh, ABCD camp. And that would be like in Indianapolis, and it would be pretty much who's who from all across the country would be there and compete and get after it a little bit, and that you know, would give you another opportunity for some exposure. So, yeah, no, I, I didn't really have access to those. back coming up, and and you know, I my dad, although he did pretty well, you know, as far as being an officer in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't really look at those camps i think we did a lot of regional camps i would definitely attend nebraska camps i think that's probably what helped sell it for me is coming down here staying in the dorms we would not only do just regular camps but we would also do team camps and so those that exposure playing in vanny and the time and it just felt good I oh, yeah loved the bounce of the floor it just it was just all things about it and obviously if you go to the state tournament you know just the atmosphere just all of that and then the success of the program so yeah Uh, most kids pretty much stayed regional uh, unless you... You know, went to those, and you had to pay a pretty penny to go and stay at those big camps all across the country. Yeah, it's
1: kind of interesting how times have changed. Of course, um, you know, kind of in the late late nineties, I suppose, early two thousands, the you know kind of rivals and all those uh, websites kind of got going and really blowing recruiting up. But um, it used to be, as we as I read these like preseason magazines, I still get excited for them, and they still have a little you know kind of uh, deal going with recruiting. But that's about the that was about the. Uh, the most that you would read about recruiting. It wasn't like everybody was as as widely known. Um, but within those circles, <laughs> I mean, it was still a big deal. And then you would yeah. know kind of who, who was ranked upon uh, this or that. But it was more they would kind of reach out to you if you were ranked rather than you having to um, do the legwork.
0: Yeah, that, that's how I would. I mean, they, they would reach out to you. I think I was ranked in the upper tiers of the 100, I think, the ABCD camp was only hundred and I think I was like 68 or 70 or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a beautiful thing when we went to the camp and not camp, but we went to the, uh, the AAU tournament to watch guys, um, move up the list like Curtis Marshall, um, having a great tournament and just really came from maybe some forms of obscurity or to regional and, gave a national exposure, you know, that led him to be able to go to NC State. And, and obviously he didn't go to Nebraska at the time because a lot of us did. <laughs> you know, we kind of – it was guard heavy down here at that time um, with, you know, Jamar was here and I think Cliff Scales was here. And, and it was very guard heavy. And a lot of us, we talked, we hung out, so we, we kind of knew where we were going. And, you know, he got that exposure to be able to go out to the ACC. So, you know, shoot, he, he, he made that jump. And then uh, you know, watching Andre, you know, as, as like I said, we played Jason Kidd down there. Oh yeah. And although Jason didn't cover him, we covered each other and uh, kind of canceled each other out <laughs> as far as oh yeah, you know that ability. He shut me down, I shut him down, and and we got to the point where whoever else was covering Dre, we were just like, Dre, you're going nuts. Give him the ball, and Dre basically went for like almost forty. Huh. So that raised his his level as well and so you know to watch those things happen in front of your eyes of, of guys to be able to use that exposure and those experiences to be able to uh, raise their um their their recruitability as well as their you know those numbers that's I think that's where the numbers really started you know even just before me, it was really big on the east coast and you know the big cities um but a lot of those guys got invited and, you know, they, you know, your Jimmy Jackson's and, you know, uh, Kenny Anderson's and, you know, th- those types of guys, Jalen Rose's and Chris Webber's and, you know sometimes they had other camps that were invitation and they got invited uh, but we didn't have as big of exposure in the, in Nebraska at that time so that's made it difficult
1: yeah yeah i can, i can imagine so but it it's kind of cool to to hear those stories and kind of think so this is did you ever um do any camps for football i know you quit or or walked away from football your uh, senior year right so yeah. no but you were still highly regarded enough yeah
0: um yeah, I was in national publications. It was crazy when, you're you know you're a high school kid, you're a junior in high school, and you're looking at national publications, and your name pops up. Yeah, as you know, you know top ten receiver in the country, and, and then they start kind of listing who's kind of eyeing you, and
1: you know you like, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> you, know,
0: you know you see the letters come, and sometimes you just think it's just. You know, people just sending out stuff. But I guess there's, you know, real interest that people are posing out there.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's very cool. And Nebraska's got a lot of uh, local talent, uh, similar to you. I mean, a local guy um, coming in tonight, so so for Friday Night Lights. So it's kind of cool. I know um, if you're interested, you can go and watch. It's uh, open to the fans. So um, hopefully some of you guys do. I, th- I think it'll be kind of cool um, to see you know, them run drills. And, and a lot of the guys have, have offers already, and uh, a few of them don't. But uh, it, it'll be fun to watch and, and see how that goes and see how Husker recruiting goes over um, – the next couple of days. Cause uh, you know, tell, you never tell know them where it's at. Uh, I think it's at Memorial stadium. It's at Memorial stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go on down there. Um, also Nebraska basketball switching over to, um, them because they had a pretty good day as well. Uh, they grabbed their first commit for the 2023 class. Uh, and, uh, and so it's um it's actually Chase Clemens who is a point guard, and he thinks that uh, after watching Nebraska, he's been close to the McGowan's brothers his whole life. I Cousins, suppose, right? I think so. Yeah. So. Um and he, th- he thinks that he could kind of be that missing part, the point guard. Hopefully Nebraska's already kind of figured that out. So they just have to feel like that when he's watching it, uh, watching it going back. But I, th- I just think that's kind of cool. And I was bringing it up on the ticket water cooler is um, that regardless of kind of what's going on and, and pretty much the obvious situation at hand for both Frost and Hoiberg, which is win now, or, you know, we might be moving on um, that at least Frost has been able to keep the recruiting momentum kind of up there and certainly in the transfer portal, but also with the local talent here in the state and uh, for Nebraska basketball to already get a kid. um, Do you think that that weighs too much into their mind as they're looking at where they're going to commit? Um, Because it's kind of interesting to kind of think is, you know, how much is uh, is a coach's job security factor in when you're committing somewhere um because apparently I mean obviously if you're committing you aren't worried about that you know you're thinking they're going to get it turned around and you've been sold that that you know you could be part of the turnaround but um how much do you think that weighs into their decisions
0: I mean I, I I think it's part of it but I also think that the selling that probably as he you know maybe stated that McGowan's brothers did a wonderful job of recruiting him, telling him about the place, telling him about the facilities, just laying some groundwork on those things. I think I, I think we miss out on the importance of those, bless you, those who are um, in the program and those connections and relationships that are established, whether they're uh, in their purview or in family or whether it's by recruiting visit or whatever the case may be. You, know, you you miss how important those relationships can be. Um, so they did a good job. Uh, I think they also are looking at the fact that Herber, we, we, we're we uncertain as to Herbert's static, but um, it doesn't sound if you listen to him or you look at the quotes and maybe you're not getting the full quote that it's something else about the place. It's something else about the team. It's something else about the openness in the position that in, it inspires him to want to be here. Uh, something about the style. Now, that could obviously change. If a new coach comes in here, he might be a Moaiba type, you know, where he's <laughs> he's just, like, slowing down the whole, <laughs> the whole gig. But, uh, you know, the style could also just make it interesting for them. So, that means – I think it does a good job of putting pressure on guys uh, in, the, in the staff um, to babes basically get the job done. You know, you're starting oh, yeah. to get <laughs> these types of recruits. Remember, we talked about foundational, you know, pieces that you want to build off of. They they've kind of landed that, and as well as you've been effective in the transfer portal as well as in the JUCO market with like Blaze Keita. So you you. They're laying the foundation. That means they got to get to work. The staff has got to really get to work in order to allow it to come to fruition. Otherwise, you know, you just never know how it's going to go.
1: Yeah, and for, for Chase Clemens, by the way, he is a three-star guard, point guard, uh, six foot, 165 pounds, so maybe he needs to hit the weight room a little bit. Um, uh, maybe not. Maybe can, that's the, the you know how he can play. But uh, uh, either way, for a point guard, that's not too bad. But I guess he is, uh, he's, was very impressed, uh, like you said, with his cousin Bryce's development uh, mm-hmm. here um, in just one year, and I think we all were. Uh, he's, he's still got things to obviously improve on, but you could see just the physicality. I mean, the, you're kind of worried about that early. Uh, in in the college process, or just you know, kind of outside the Big Ten, and then it was kind of the same thing in the Big Ten. It was like, okay, well, now he's got to kind of adjust to that physicality, and he did. By season's end, he was uh, he was really good. So um, maybe that's why Chase Clemens decides Nebraska. He had other offers: Xavier, Georgia, um, Tennessee. I know was involved: Kennesaw State. So I mean, he's at he picked Nebraska over a few um, pretty darn good offers. So we'll kind of see um, where that takes Nebraska. But it's good to see them out in the recruiting trail, still getting stuff done. Bringing up college basketball. Well, I know it doesn't get... A whole lot of buzz. It seems like the offseason for college basketball, um, maybe it's just the brands are bigger, but the individual players, unless it's a... And, and I think what it really is is just, you know, you, you kind of focus on the future talent in the NBA. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, so most of those guys move on, and so there's not a huge story. But I, the other day, I didn't want to pass over this, is Drew Temmy did announce that he's coming back to Gonzaga. He's got to be, you know, and I don't, I don't project him to do great at the next level, so I think this is a, a great... Um, and not just me, obviously a lot of people don't project him to do too, too well, kind of seen as a mid second round why? pick. Um, he just doesn't fit because he's a, it's the land of the bigs is the college basketball in my mind and not so much in the pros. He doesn't fit the modern day well, pro structure as well.
0: Well, he's, str- he, he, he's a stretch guy. So I, I, so that's why I wanted to ask because I think drew Timmy, his skill here, he, I'll give you his skill set that I think translates. And then I'll give you why I think you're right. Yeah. Um, his skill set that translate is his ability to stretch the floor. He can shoot. I mean, he can shoot threes as well. So he has that capacity. I think he does uh, an average job to close to above average job of handling the ball. Um, I think he reminds me of a Jokic type of person with his pass abilities. Not the creative passing abilities, but his his vision, his his ability to make the play. And where I think he's deficient is his elevation. He mm-hmm. doesn't jump well. Athleticism? His athleticism. Yeah. He doesn't jump well. Um, he's, he's, he defensively can be a liability when you're talking about a space floor. And so when you think of those aspects, that's where it becomes trouble. I think he, he lost some weight. He looks a lot better. But I think he's, he needs this last season. And he needs to dominate. You yeah. know, at that Gonzaga team. Do you
1: think that he could uh, elevate? I mean, athleticism is kind of something um, you can't really work yeah. on too much. Do you think he could elevate to a first-rounder? I mean, um, yeah, I kind of think, you know, Luca Garza didn't get a whole lot of playing time with Detroit, but that's kind of, you know, and obviously there's a size difference there, but with athleticism kind of being, what holding those guys back, I, I wonder if that's kind of his, his ceiling is, is regardless, you're going to be a second-round pick um, type of deal, and, and maybe you can make your way. We've seen second-round picks do it before. Obviously, we've seen undrafted guys like yourself do it before Mm -hmm. um so it's it's not necessarily um mean that he's not going to make it but i I think nil certainly probably had something to do with this but regardless it it puts Gonzaga right there at the top um, as one of the best teams returning, and Jeff Goodman has them at number one. Uh, he's got his, his top five for what it's worth is Gonzaga, North Carolina, Houston, uh, Creighton at number four in Kansas, and no Big Ten team in the top ten, which is kind of disappointing that Nebraska didn't take that step forward because then we could be talking about hey the Big Ten's kind of open this season, maybe right you know, and obviously the Huskers are a little bit away from that regardless of how open the Big Ten is. I think you'll see Michigan in and Indiana, top twenty, top twenty-five type of teams, but um, it's pretty open when that's you know there's no dominating presence there. Um, but uh, Gonzaga certainly, I, and I and I just love to see it because I love the college game, and when I really liked it um, when when I was younger, and you'd have. Junior, you know, I always go back to those kind of Carolina teams like Junior Vince Carter and Junior Antoine, <laughs> Antoine Jameson. It's just like, right. man, these guys are stacked. We've seen them over the years. You know, you know, go back with those teams that Rasheed Wallace and Jerry Stackhouse would stick around. Shane Battier was around for Duke um, for a long time. And, um, you know, college basketball just kind of turned the corner. And then I think NIL can partially save college basketball. And this is a big one for them to get in Drew Timmy. I think so.
0: I really do. I think it's 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 huge for them. It's huge for their program. Um, I don't know what they even had behind them that would have been a significant piece. I mean, obviously it was him and Chet Holgrim, Holmgren that yeah. were significant pieces there, and you throw somebody in there that kind of fills some void. But I don't, I don't know. I they, there could have been a tremendous drop off. I think I don't know when they're recruiting um, who was a who was a guy that's a fill in for that type of position um, there. So. Um, I think, I think Drew Timmy is a solid player. I got a chance to watch him grow, uh, obviously when I was refereeing down in Texas. So I've seen his progression and I know he works hard. He, he works for position. He works for rebound. He works at all aspects of his game. That's what made him so strong. Uh, but I just think his athleticism um is is going to be a deficiency for him both on the defensive end as well as is when you're talking about in the paint cuz he's not like Draymond Green
1: right yeah yeah, and, but I, I mean, I think it will be fun to see if Hunter Salas can kind of get something going. He's kind of a, you know, seventh or eighth guy off the uh, eighth guy on the team last year, would, would only get minutes in, in games that didn't matter so or too much. I shouldn't say only, but certainly once the, the tournament came around, didn't play too much. Um, but uh, they also landed, by the way, Gonzaga, for what it's worth, landed the Southern player of the year, Malachi Smith from Chattanooga. So Mark Few knows what he's doing. He's got things rolling uh, again. And, and really, it, it does kind of open up that conversation too. Is, is you know, I, I think you can almost pencil in Gonzaga with your team returning as probably a number one seed so uh, just because they don't have that type of uh, uh, competition usually once they get in the conference play so maybe it'll depend a little bit what they do in the non-con speaking of non-con it the the rumors are out there that Iowa is set to play Duke in Madison Square Garden um, this upcoming season Uh Iowa's been kind of looking to move their program forward. Obviously, we mentioned Luca Garza, Keegan Murray the last two years, all Americans, and in Garza's case, the National Player of the Year. So they're trying to elevate that program. hasn't hasn't quite uh, hit the wins column in the NCAA tournament quite yet. Um, but uh, you know, that's the type of stage you want Nebraska to eventually get on. But you've got to you got to put yourself there. And so, you know, I know we don't like Iowa around here, but that's. That's that's the game. That's what you want. I don't think you could set it up any better. The non-con game that anybody wants is Duke in Madison Square Garden. And uh looks like Iowa's was going to get that. So, I guess, you know, for the Big 10 and for in any Hawkeyes fans that are listening, um that's showing, you know, where Iowa is headed as a program.
0: I mean, Iowa's got some work to do. Um they still got they've got pieces, but you know they've they've lost some too. So how are they going to do in in filling that void? You know definitely when you're looking at Keegan Murray and and you know oh, possibly yeah. his brother. Now Chris Murray's returning. Oh, <laughs> he did yeah, announced that, big, which so. is good because
1: I don't think he was ready to get drafted either. Yeah, I don't either. think so either. I think maybe second round. Run, but yeah.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean they're they're a long team. Are they going to add side? What are they going to add? You know what I mean. I don't think they had a really traditional point guard. I think the point guard that they had just really played great defense and just kind of tried not to make mistakes. So, how they add and
1: Jordan Bohannon's gone finally. He's been there for eight years. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I I just thought that was kind of an interesting note as well from uh, college basketball um, and for the Big Ten. But the Big Ten's rather open, so we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, And, you know, it's hard to also – we know we've been saying about it, but again, John Goodman there – or Jeff Goodman, excuse me, having Creighton there at number four. uh, At least it's going to be a pretty interesting game between Nebraska and Creighton this upcoming season, an opportunity for Nebraska once again. Uh, Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, the Celtics taking game one last night – a very, I mean, there were a lot of historic numbers in last night's game and a lot to dive into as a huge fourth quarter sparks the Celtics return there. Um, but didn't have a good game from Jason Tatum. Is that, is that good for the Celtics that they won despite him, or is that a bad sign? we well, to kind of talk about what's going on with uh, game one and heading into game two of the finals. That's coming up next year on the block at 93 7, the ticket. <laughs>